episode of Confessions of a Disney cast member is brought to you by Personal by B. This small business is created by the lovely Beth who is from Liverpool in England. She created her small business in November as she wanted to keep her Disney magic alive after she previously worked in Epcot as part of the Cultural Representative Programme. Beth now creates amazing personalised items such as keyrings, Christmas decorations and frames. Our favourite being the cast member keyring of course. <laughs> you can follow her over at personalbybee underscore that's personal by B underscore on Instagram and use our code Christmas20 for 20% off her Etsy store. That's Christmas20 for 20% off personal by B. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to Disney Cast Members from all walks of life and, of course, all walks of magic. For today's episode, I'll be talking with Miss Abby Housley, who sprinkled her pixie dust in Disney's Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and deep breaths because she's worked in all the parks and Epcot. So, welcome, Abby. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. No worries. This is our second podcast together and also mm-hmm. our second podcast about Disney because we love it so damn much. Um, lots to get through because you are a Disney veteran um, and we have so much to talk about. So if you're ready, let's get cracking. <laughs> yep, let's go. Let's do it. So you've done three programmes, right? No, two. Oh, you've done two programs. Okay, so yeah. let's start with the first program. What was your inspiration? What was the program? And what was the process getting to that? Okay, so I did the academic exchange. It was a 12-month program, six months in one location, six months in another. Um, and I applied for that because, well, actually, I picked my university specifically because I knew that they did this program. Right. Um, and I knew that they had a close relationship with it and there was only like I think there's only five or six unis throughout the UK that have the opportunity to do this program Um, yeah it's way less it's way less common than the college program and the CRP isn't it yeah yeah there's there was only like so from my uni there were six of us that went out and there was over 100 people that applied so it was very competitive um, we also had to be part of uh, Central Michigan University, so we had to pay tuition for there. No way. Have, yeah, so I paid, I think it was $9,000 for the oh. year. And I didn't do anything with them. Like, I, I don't really, they paid was for the visa, top I think. Of your, was that on top of your UK uni fees? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it was 1500 for the uni fee for that year for a placement year and then I had to pay the nine thousand dollars mental yeah it was a lot but it was worth worth it it. yeah and then second program was the CRP what was the reason for applying for the CRP did you just know after you'd been there for a year that you had to do it again yeah I just wanted to go back I just couldn't I had like a lot of close friends I met out there that I'd just wanted to spend another year with so yeah yeah. I didn't know anyone from the CRP on my first program um like it's so separate it's really weird yeah because it's so it exists together but so separate so with with the academic exchange program what's the purpose of having that as part of your university degree um so they class it as um 
experience within the field so I did events management right and they look at Disney as an everyday event that occurs so because of like the terminology that they use like being on stage and being backstage and being a cast being cast as opposed to like an employee like they it's really weird because you say they say that but then some people are in food and beverage and I don't really know how that I mean, yes, it's transferable skills, but it's not exactly experience within events. Yeah, it's it's away from the, like, centralised focus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was lucky with mine because I did um, attractions, but I worked at Phantasmic and Beauty and the Beast. Um, So obviously that shows every single day. So I worked front of house for them. Yeah. And then costuming. um, I worked on the, the electrical parade, so it was every day to two different parades going out so it was yeah. me helping so you did get that on the job work experience yes. by working 100%. for the company it was it was relevant to your degree rather than yeah obviously it's working for a year at disney as well which is amazing but it's it works hand in hand yes 100 percent. yeah um do you remember the moment that you found out that you would be going the moment you got the job yeah um the first one was not great it was just before christmas and I found out that I got the job and one of my other uni friends didn't. Like, mm. we all found out at the same time that uh, one didn't, one got put on the wait list who eventually did actually get accepted. Um, but it wasn't great because I could, I had, so at the time when I applied, it was still 12 months, but they did six months in one role, three months in another, and three months in another. Okay. So they and they ended up chopping that down to just six months in one, six months in another. And I got attractions, costuming, and food and beverage. And when I saw costuming, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm gonna turn it down. And my mom was like, Do not be stupid. Like, you need to just face your fears and so what be was brave the fear of for costuming? I think I pictured in my head that it would be operational costuming, which it very well could have been. I was just lucky with where I was positioned. So yeah. it could have been like the cast costuming. And I right. thought it was going to be, dare I say, boring. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I just wasn't, didn't want to do it. I think with Disney as well, you you go into any program with such high expectations of what yes. your program will be, and I think yeah, you that obviously didn't when you first saw that word that wasn't that wasn't your expectation. It yeah. was completely opposite to what you were thinking, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I knew that it was going to be backstage as well. No matter what I did, I was being taken from on stage to backstage. So it was taking away what I envisioned of Disney. Uh, obviously, never having done a program before I didn't know what that would what could entail yeah so it kind of like ruined what I had in my head of what the program would be definitely um but and I I actually did so after two weeks of being in costume and I did actually ask if I could change roles when they said that I couldn't so um yeah so uh, actually we'll get we'll speak a bit more about the roles shortly but so you decided to you decided to pursue that. Obviously, it was a great thing. Yeah. And then the second time with your CRP, do did you do you remember when you got that email as well? Yeah. So I was on the wait list for four months. No way. And yeah. I didn't so know that. 
Yeah, I had the weird process of I applied July 2015, um, got the interview for at Yummy Jobs in the September, and then didn't get a final interview in that round, but I got put on a wait list for the final interview and had the final interview in March. Then I got put on the wait list again for an actual date. And then I didn't get that until October for the February. So I thought it was, honestly, I thought it was never going to come. Um, yeah. and it was like a random night that I was, I was sat at home. My mum was away playing netball, I think. And I was sat on the couch watching telly and an email came through. And at that point, I'd stopped checking my emails every day because it had been four months. So it was, it was at the, like, back of my mind yeah. and then I looked and saw and saw congratulations and I was like I just I didn't I didn't know what to do with myself I was I sobbed oh. absolutely sobbed I mean I it's so I mean relieved. to be on the wait list on like on two wait lists after doing yeah. a long program as well that's weird like it I don't know I feel like annoyingly and this is probably some advice for anyone that uh does a first program in the future and wants to go on a second one you do sort of feel like you shouldn't but you do feel sort of entitled to a second program because yeah. you're like I've done this before I can do another one like it's mm-hmm. I'm the door's open but think about how many people are in that position and how yeah. many people want to go on another program it is it's very saturated and you have to just treat the program you're on as your only experience because yeah. you might not get oh, to another one but what advice would you give to people that do get put on the wait list? Because I, I imagine a lot of people just feel disheartened by it. And I'm sure there was a point where you did just give up, right? Yeah, 100%. First, when I first got the email about being on the wait list, I took that as, well, they've got, they've taken everybody that they actually want. And I'm a, I'm on the back burner. If, if, if they need to fill a gap, they'll use me. But that's not what it is at all. As someone that has now experienced a program, I realise that they get a bunch of dates and they fill people in the slots as and when they can. Yeah. And they want you. They 100% want you. They just don't have a date for you yet. And They wouldn't bother putting you on a wait list otherwise. Exactly, exactly. And it took me a real long time to realise that. And that it wasn't just me that I experienced it. Or it wasn't just that group of people. It happens on every single intake. So... Yeah don't just keep keep believing it's going to happen because nine times out of ten it does yeah oh I'm yeah. So, and I'm so glad it all worked out how it did because look I at know. Now, right? I know um what so we know that you worked on Fantasmic Beauty and the Beast and costuming on your first program what ended up yeah. being your favorite position out of all of those or location, um, a hundred tough because the first one my best friends is who I, I met them there and I stayed with them throughout my whole program, even when I moved to a different location. So the experiences that I had at Fantasmic and Beauty and the Beast were like oh, unbeatable. Like the memories that I made were amazing, but I will never, ever, ever get to work and love a job like I love costuming. Wow, really? So what what was your, what was your like daily like day-to-day working role in costuming yeah so the first two weeks I worked in the character room in Magic Kingdom which was in the Utilidors underneath the castle um, and that was kind of bringing in any like so- dirty laundry they call that soil so like they you would work literally work a position where the 
characters, character performers would come in and drop their soil, so drop their dirty laundry. That sounds um, and <laughs> I know, I know, and that's what that's what they call it. And it's like it's so weird at Disney they call things certain things yeah. that, and it becomes completely normal. But to a not <laughs> any other person, they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, drop your soil. Yes, <laughs> drop the soil, and. And then you'd like put clean like costumes away, and you'd build like princess skirts and build certain costumes that would like fold. Like you'd build Winnie the Pooh and you'd build Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. Um, and then I got put onto the electrical parade team, so I would work three pm till two am. Uh, it would be the first from three till nine was prep. Um, so you'd get given a track. So it was like the Seven Dwarfs was one track. It was like Seven Dwarfs and Hawk. Then there was the Finale Girls who was with the like bacon flow at the end. And um, so you'd build all theirs. And obviously with, with the electrical parade, it was all, all had electrical elements in yeah. them. So you would make sure all the lights work, switch wow. them on, get back to packs for everyone. Uh, yeah, it was very full on. And then I think at, was it half seven you would help dress them depending on what you had so like the court girls for cinderella you'd help them like cinch their waists and get into the skirts and walk down and take the necessary costumes down um and then do it all again for the next parade and then you break everything down wash it all put it all away and when you then finish it 2am that's crazy magic kingdom that is yeah, mental. it was amazing. And like, like you could have, you could have given up the opportunity just because you saw that one word and the fact that you actually, yeah, like, like you said, you'll never be able to work in that role. Like that is that is a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. So absolutely, and like the electrical parade's gone now. I know, so, stupidly, devastatingly. I love the I electrical parade. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so obviously, uh, yeah. going on to the CRP, where your only two options are now merch and food and beverage what yeah. what was what was I'm guessing food and beverage was your main choice because that's where you ended up but that's still very different to oh it wasn't no oh okay was, tell was, all. Yeah. wow I've only ever really worked at home in like merchandise roles retail so I thought that's where I would fit in and um, and obviously didn't get that. So again, saw food and beverage and was a bit disheartened um, when I finally got the email, but ended up loving it and meeting. Yeah. Definitely realised I was on the right side of the road. Yeah. Once I got there, it just took being there to realise that I was the same kind of person that the food and beverage people are. Definitely. So. Hundred yeah. percent. So we're. Um... R.O.P. Disney Housing. I say that in every every episode because saddest times and yeah. um, great memories there. No. Um, where did you live in your first program? Was it Vista Way? Both programs? It, yeah, it was both times. Um, Vista was my first choice on both programs. Was it really? Um, yeah. I feel like if this is your yeah. first choice, you're going to be fine. You're going to get Vista. Like it is the biggest, and it's um, yeah, it's it's probably the least picked first choice I would say um typically yeah but, but that's obvious we won't spend too much time talking about this because it's obviously no longer but um but I <laughs> I, I love this way and I think you'd agree with me that it's just a place to sleep at the end of the day like it's it's a hub oh yeah you. 
Um, but what, yeah. what, what was your overall living experience like? <clears throat> Obviously, you've done two years there in housing and in America. Did you enjoy the experience on a whole? Yeah, I did. Um, <clears throat> both times, actually, I ended up living with six, well, five other girls from the UK. Um, so unfortunately I didn't get that like cultural experience of living with somebody from someone elsewhere like I know you guys did um, yeah we had a great time overall it was good I know <laughs> I know um, I love my roommates both times uh, my first program I moved three times three they kept, times. it was when they started the, yeah so I started in 304 which is where Charlie Reynolds lived Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He literally moved into my old apartment, into my old bedroom. Wow. How weird is that? <clears throat> that must yeah. be so weird for you going back in there on your CRP. Yeah, he told me the, the apartment number and I was like, are you joking? Like, are you saying that because I've told you that's where I lived? And he was like, no, that's where I'm living. It's the so thing weird. is, you never think you're going to go into your old bedroom again, ever. Like, you can, when you shut that door for the last time, that's it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And especially because we moved, so I lived there for like three or four months and then ended up moving to building two, which was like the building next to it. And lived there for again three months. Yeah. And then ended up moving to building 15, which was like away on the other side of Vista, having to cut all of my stuff that I'd now accumulated because I'd lived there for six seven months yeah um and then moved into a renovated apartment which was quite nice but and and my first program I paid 86 dollars a week and obviously no when we way. Were there, yeah yeah it went up by what 20 dollars yeah and I mean if you were living in Patterson yeah. oh, it was Commons most expensive that was like 140 dollars Commons I think yeah yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that crazy but I do remember like I don't know what the flamingo crossing situation is going to be but it is a place to sleep at the end of the day I don't I don't personally feel like it's necessary to pay over the odds for uh, a really nice apartment over something that might not be as as high in quality but is yeah um is a is a lot more expensive because you can spend that money making experiences for yourself rather than yeah um we we, I don't I don't want to rush us but we are running out of time and I've still got so much to talk about (laughs) um so do you have a memorable guest experience Abby I'm guessing I'm guessing over both programs there must be quite a few yeah I have quite a lot to be fair um I think the the one that stands out the most is on my second program I think all the ones that stand out the most is my second program just because when you're with food and beverage you spend at least like what 30 40 minutes with a table yeah um my second last day I don't know what I was on that day but I just like hit my time in so well and it meant that I spent so much time with my tables and I had I think I got like six guest compliments that day because I yeah literally like in one day and I just can remember every single table so well and then on my last day, um, there was a table who had two little girls and they were absolutely obsessed with me. And they yeah. made, drew me pictures and they oh, like coloured in the coasters for me and they made me take pictures with them. And the dad 
found me on Facebook afterwards and sent me the pictures and stuff. Like, yeah, it was really sweet. That's adorable. I love that. When it comes to, I'm guessing guest experience is a highlight of the programme for a lot of people, but do you have a highlight of the programme, like a moment that sticks out for you? Um, Do you know what? It's so hard because I feel like every single time I got to walk into like Magic Kingdom, that was such a a highlight of my programme because I realised how lucky I was. I think the day that I went horse riding was like such a bucket list at Fort Wilderness, I should say. It's such a bucket list thing for me that like it just is engraved in my mind, like the feeling that I felt being with I was with Charlie and Katie Green and we were just chilling. Yeah. It was a really cold like morning. We went to Magic Kingdom afterwards. Like that day is so engraved into my mind. It was like the perfect day for me. When you think of obviously you you love horses and horse riding at, in your normal life. So yeah. um I think, yeah, taking that everyday experience that you're used to and placing that at Disney World is just merging all of your favourite things together, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't... If if anybody was on the fence about doing it, I could not recommend that more. Like, it was the most relaxing thing. And ugh, it just was the best. I, I couldn't also, speak highly of it more. I also imagine meeting Cameron on the programme is somewhat of a yeah. highlight right <laughs> I suppose I should have clicked that yeah in the top 10 you know <laughs> I, would, I would say it's like within like top three yeah <laughs> yeah obviously meeting me as number one you know but <laughs> I mean it happened at the same time it so did I would say it's like one in the same yeah I do one of the first days that I met Abby I'm running over time now but I'm just gonna say this because it's funny one of the first days I met Abby I asked her are you allowed to run in Disney uh, while you're in Disney World? And she has, <laughs> she has video evidence of that moment. Yes, you're running through Epcot. Yeah, and then taking loads of silly pictures with the food and wine stuff. God, I hate those. Oh pictures. my god, oh my god, yeah. Oh, throwback. Anyway, we are nearly, we are nearly. Well, we have run out of time, but I've got one more question to ask you before we go, Abby. It's a hard one, but here we go. If you could go to Disney right now, this moment, I can transport you with a click of my fingers. What would you do? I would sit in Magic Kingdom on the hub grass with Royal Friendship Fair going on on the castle, specifically Rapunzel, with a Starbucks, knowing that I've got a hoop to do reservation. Oh. And yeah, go and get drunk and drink sangria and eat chicken. That hoop to do. That sounds like that's everything. what I would do. You would be invited. Funny. Thank you. I I feel very privileged. I am very excited for that to happen one day soon. <laughs> it will. Abby. It needs to. It does. It does. I can't. I, I, I need him to do. I need Disney. I need everything in my life. I need you in my life. I haven't seen you for like a year. Like what the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. But anyways, hopefully COVID will be over soon and everything will go back to some normalcy um but yes anyways that is all we have time for abby but i just want to say one huge thank you to miss abby housley everyone (laughs) thank you bradley of course no worries um so that is all we've got time for today everyone but this has been another episode of confessions of a disney cast member i always nearly say confessions of a teenage drama queen though um but don't forget to go and subscribe and (laughs) same um, thing right right exactly (laughs) don't forget to subscribe listen to and thank you once again and keep spreading the magic everyone and bye for now